Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. All right, so let's get into our wallets and into our budgets now. Uh, We're talking finance with Brian Hirsch as we do every Tuesday at this hour. Brian, good morning. You put me back on air after last week. (laughs) There was a bit of excitement happening last week at the Zondo Commission. Look, Brian, when is there not excitement in this country? I'm telling you, hey, it's it's always on overdrive, right? Well, I can tell you we've had a bit of excitement this last few weeks as well in the markets. Uh, we had the investment conference where pledges were made to invest in South Africa. If they, if they come through, that's excellent news. We've had the RAND recover, the RAND sitting at 15.30, 15.40. That's good news for inflation, good news for petrol prices. Petrol prices should be coming down again in, uh, in the next, in, um, in December. That's good news for people traveling. We've had some amazing news from the Reserve Bank regarding uh, Regulation 28, which governs pension funds mm-hmm. and, which, and retirement annuities, which limits how much can be invested offshore to 30%. There seems to be a lot more relaxation now on that, uh, um, and you may be able to invest all your funds offshore. So there's been quite a lot happening in the market, and this morning I want to talk about this brand Atlas Survey of mm. 2020, which tracks and measures uh, the lifestyles of 15.1 economically active South Africans living in households with monthly incomes of more than 8,000 rand, and the comments about people retiring in South Africa, absolutely frightening. Okay, let's begin with this 2020 Brand Atlas survey. So what exactly are they looking at there, Brian? They look at, at the, one of the main things they look at is, will people earning more than 8,000 be able to retire? Uh, it's a survey, it's, it's done online. Uh, last year, uh, 46% were surveyed, and this year, 49%. And the, the finding is that more than close to 50% of people surveyed do not. Hello, Brian. Oh, my gosh. Okay. It seems that we've lost Brian Hirsch on the line there. Uh, Lebo's going to try and get him back up. Uh, in the meantime, maybe just some of the messages that you've been sending in. All right, Brian, I understand you're back up on the line. I'm yeah. not sure what happened I there. Much, I was just saying it's an online survey, mm-hmm. and 49% of, of, of the respondents have no retirement plans, and it's even worse when it comes to women surveyed. It's even greater at 53%. Another thing they established that many members, can you hear me? I, I can, Brian. Go okay. ahead. I'm listening. That, mm. yeah, that many members who contribute to retirement funds do not know how the actual numbers translate to provide income and reti- at retirement. You know, that you can ask many of the respondents, do you have retirement plans? They will say yes. And you'll say, and do you know what you're contributing? Do you know what that means? Do you know how much income you'll have in retirement? The answer is no. And obviously, there's a bigger problem that many people that surveyed um, don't have, just don't, can't afford to put money into retirement funds and have stated that if they could withdraw from their current retirement funds to use those funds to live on, they would do that. 
And for me, for me, yeah. that is very frightening when so many South Africans who even are saving mm. would rather have the money in their pocket because of how stressed and how stretched they are with our economy. Mm. And that is quite frightening. So some good news coming through last, last week, but some concerning news mm. for our many listeners and, our, and, and for many people who are economically active. What about those who are not economically active? Mm, mm. You know, I'm looking at some of these uh, numbers, right? And it says that the the number of women surveyed is greater um, than the average of 46 to 49 percent. It sits at 53 percent. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with the fact that many women, if we take a look at maybe some of these stats, SA statistics that have come out, where uh, which show us that many women with children are in fact responsible for the running of their households and they are not financially dependent uh, on anybody and they basically have to use their income to sustain their entire family. Uh, I'm wondering what role that plays then on the inability to actually have um, money left over at the end of the month to put away. Yeah, it's, it's, it's real. People cannot, do not have, I mean, those that are working and are having deductions made to their salary are not coming out on what they're earning. Uh, even though interest rates have dropped and the majority of working South Africans do have debt, there's, as I've always said, healthy and unhealthy debt. I don't think a bond is unhealthy because it's where you live. You're paying off your home. One of the things you need to have when you get to retirement is a home paid for. Mm. There are three components you need to have at retirement. I've just mentioned the other two. You've also, also, also got to have a good no debt and you've got to have a health, good, a reasonable health care plan. But that is something that's going to probably develop over the years with NHR. Mm. But, and, and we've had good, good exposure to what's happening with COVID around the country and the exposure and the help that, that people are getting in all the rural areas where they are falling sick. But that's a, that's a subject for another day. What we talk about on retirement is, is, is simply... Are you getting a beeping now? Someone calling me? Yes, yes, I'm getting. Kathy, I don't know how to stop it. So, bear with me, my listener, while this call just uh, rings off itself. But, but, but coming to back to this, Kathy, mm. I mean, the reason people don't have money, but there are other reasons mentioned before why people struggle when it comes to retirement. Uh, people start too late. They don't save enough. Mm. They choose a wrong investment strategy. Mm. The worst is they change jobs and they don't preserve their retirement annuities. And all, it's easy to say preserve, but so many people when they leave a job need the money mm. from their retirement funds, maybe just to pay off debt or to live. But um, I, Brian, one of the questions that's coming to my mind is the extent to which retirement funds are actually generally accessible um, for the majority of people in this country? When you say accessible meaning? Meaning, is it something that people can generally afford? Especially well, if, yeah, especially affordability if, 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 is very different to accessibility. Yeah. I mean, if you work for a company, it's compulsory to join a fund. If you don't work for a company and you're self-employed, you could buy your own retirement annuity. But it's affordability. And we've seen the, the, the devastation in our economy over the last number of years, even before COVID, that people were struggling with high interest rates. And I made the comment about healthy debt being your bond, which rates have come down. But there's a lot of unhealthy debt, there's credit card debt uh, that you don't pay off, that 
it, it amounts to about 17% interest you're paying. There's um, unsecured debt, and you could be paying into the 20s and 30%. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's overdraft debt. There's store card debt. Uh, one needs to get that. So it, it's a question of that the survey is say, saying is we are not solving the retirement issue problem at all. It's getting worse and worse and worse, which means that so many people are either going to have to rely on family support or rely on the state. You know, if you think about it today, um, we, uh, many people are in the sandwich generation where they're still supporting children and they're supporting parents. Mm-hmm. So where are they going to get money to save for retirement? It's just a real problem. And I'm just making the point that this is a concern for South Africans and we need to be aware of it. And those who are in a position to put money away for retirement, I'm encouraging them to do it. I'm encouraging them to understand when you're putting money away, what does it mean? You tell me you're putting a thousand or two or three thousand rand away. How does that translate when you get to retirement in terms to a fund, an amount of money that that accumulated with all those savings over the years, you end up with money, and what will that money provide you with income? And it, it, it's, very, it's a very bleak situation uh, for South Africans, and that's really what that survey is pointing out. Mm. Brian, let's talk about the living annuity versus the life annuity. What's the difference? Well, 50 years ago, there was no such thing as a living annuity. When you, when you retired, you were given a pension. And the, the, the misunderstanding was that, that after you died, after having maybe received your pension for five or ten years, for five or ten years in retirement, the annuity stopped. So there was a lot of concern about that. So the insurance companies, together with government, have developed what's called a living annuity, where you can invest in a fund at retirement. You can decide how much you want to withdraw. It's not a fixed pension. You then have to decide how you're going to invest the funds. If you draw more than the investment return, in other words, mm-hmm. if you're drawing 7% of the money you've invested and the fund's only achieving 5 your capital's going to drop. If you're drawing 4% and you're actually achieving 10%, your capital's going to go up. But many people are drawing 10 or 12% and eating into their capital. So a life annuity is where you take your living annuity and you actually go to an insurance company and say to them, how much pension will you give me? I no longer am concerned what happens to my capital on death. Mm-hmm. I'm more concerned about getting a pension during my lifetime for my, me and my spouse, and I can't be concerned about my, looking after my children when I'm gone, because we've got to live, and people are living so much longer. I mean, mm-hmm. we look at longevity mm-hmm. today, people are living into their 80s, 90s, even reaching 100. Mm-hmm. So you save for 25 or 30 years, and then you've got to live for 30 years in retirement with what you saved. And remember, you never put everything away 30 years when you started saving. Mm-hmm. You staggered it every year or every month for that 30-year period. So a living annuity is, 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 is where people are drawing and want, don't want to give up their capital. I'm saying you need to maybe consider, particularly people in pension, you need to consider a life annuity. Have a look at the rates. The rates are pretty good. People in their 70s can get t- close to 10% uh, in an annuity, although they are going to ultimately give up their capital. But the annuity will go on for life. 
and you can have a joint annuity. In other words, a husband and wife can have an annuity together, payable till the death of the second. So again, that's where financial planners come in. And if you haven't got access to a financial planner, talk to your bank. Your ba- every bank in South Africa has banks of have financial planners who are there. It's, they they want to do business. They earn money, so they want to do business. Although they have to give appropriate advice, but there are options that people, you know, sometimes disregard and don't realise can help them because you know this is the real life. I mean, this is what life's about. And mm. struggling to leave your children money very nice and it's very noble, but. Why should you struggle when you work till age 65 and all of a sudden now you're in your 70s and you're struggling to put bread on the table? Oh, Brian, you, you've, you've just put it so well there. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to continue with the conversation. And, of course, uh, if you want to chat with Brian, the numbers to use this morning, 011-714-2006. That's 011-714-2006. The WhatsApp line, 0614-104-107. And on the SMS line, is 41391. And on Twitter, it's at SFM Radio, the hashtag SFM Talking Point. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We're in conversation with Brian Hirsch talking finance as we do every Tuesday. Uh, Brian, somebody on the WhatsApp line says, good morning, Kathy. My father wants to invest a uh, hundred thousand rand. It's after he has retired from his former employer. What is the best option that he can invest in for a great return? Okay, you, you use the word great return. Uh, and they didn't comment whether they want income. So as I always say, this is a piece of a jigsaw puzzle, and without understanding the rest of the puzzle, very difficult to comment. But I'll give some idea. If you're going to invest 100,000 Rand and you want income, you want certainty and you want security. So you've got to look maybe at money market funds. You've got to look at government retail bonds. You've got their unit trusts that sell what's called flexible and stable funds. So those, those have got a little bit of combination, but they're more conservative and they're more they're more income generating. If you've got a longer term time horizon, you're talking about five, seven, ten years out, then you can be a little bit more growth orientated and you don't need the income. Then you look at more what they call balanced and more equity type funds using any of the Satrix funds or many of the funds available, which include offshore funds. So I'm not answering it entirely because I don't know the full question. But if you're looking for growth, remember, Growth is not about short term. You're not going to achieve growth over the next one to two years unless something, you know, you're taking a lot more risk. So income, the choices, growth, the choices. And again, I'm making the comment, if you haven't got a financial advisor in your region or you don't have a plan or an agent, talk to your bank. They will introduce you to one. And today we are all responsible for giving what's called appropriate advice under phase, which is the Financial Advisory and Intermediary Services Act. Uh, we govern by that, which means any advice we give has got to give appropriate. But let me give one warning to this caller. Be careful of fly-by-night schemes. Be careful of schemes that promise you the earth and make it sound too good. Uh, 
be careful and stay away from there. Just so many scams that are in the market at the moment that sounds so attractive mm. with riches beyond belief, which in the end you will lose your money. Absolutely. And in fact, we, we covered one of them recently, Brian. And, and I think we actually got a question about it uh, in one of the sections that we did asking us, is FinQuest a legitimate you know, investment scheme? And it turned out it was all uh, just a scam and people made off with a lot of money. And of course, those that are left with uh, that are left penniless are the ones that are suffering. Okay, Brian, the other question that I have for you, uh, somebody wants to know which is better, a living or a life annuity? And also, what is your opinion about investing in discovery? Okay, well, I, look, I, 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 don't, I don't tip companies and I don't talk about investing. I, I, you know, there are lots of companies. You've got to evaluate Discovery versus Momentum and Liberty and whatever they, what they've got. They're great companies. They, they're all good companies, but they offer different things. Uh, and you need to understand it. There's just too many variables to say, but there's nothing wrong with a company like Discovery. But remember, when you invest with a Discovery or a Liberty or a Metropolitan, you're buying a room from that company. In other words, you're renting something and they're going to charge you something for renting their name. You've then got to invest in some underlying fund, and it's that underlying fund that you're investing in, which I call the furniture, that you move around from time to time. So just remember the question, Discovery, yeah, but what are you buying from Discovery or any other company? I did explain the difference in a living annuity. Living annuity means that you are elected to draw a certain amount of money. When you die, whatever's left in your fund will go to your beneficiaries. But because you don't know how long you're going to live because of longevity, you've got to be conservative. A life annuity is where you take that same 100000 and you give it to a company, could be Discovery, could be any of those companies, and you say, what annuity will you give me or my husband or my wife or both of us? And you can shop around the market to see which company will give you the best annuity. That means they will pay you a pension for the rest of your life. There may be a guarantee period. Now, I don't want to get too complicated. Let's assume you take a 10-year guarantee, which means that if you die after one year, they will still pay it for the remainder of that 10 years. But if you live for 20 years, you'll get it. But some stage, you've forfeited the capital. But you've forfeited the capital to give you more income at present. And that's what it's about. Let me go to KGM in the Northern Cape. KGM, good morning. Good morning, Cassie. Good morning to Brian and good morning to the listeners. Mm. Come on. Just a quick one, Cassie. Uh, um, it's, a, it's a general observation and, and maybe a request uh, for assistance by, by Brian. I, I think we, we all agree, we all are in agreement that it's important to check the scams and, and be, be, be sure that when you invest your money, you're investing it in a, in, in, in a, in a legitimate uh, uh, business. But I, I'm also finding it, Casey, that the, the, the big conglomerates use this thing of scam to stifle even the, the, the young and upcoming uh, financial services providers. Um, I run a financial services provider myself, and my product, uh, what you term, as Brian was saying, too good to be true. But they are too good to be true because they are tailor-made to my market, which the conglomerates are, are not catering for. Now, for conglomerates to, to say, um, you know, it's, if it's too good to be true, then it's, it's too good to be true. It, it, it's, it's miscued and it's in favor of keeping the status quo because if you look into, into the funeral insurance business, for instance, 
you 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 have a situation where the underwriters have started also doing burials, which means now they are a, a, a player and a referee competing with their own client. So somebody needed to come to the market and just support the, the, the players as it were. Uh, so how, Brian, how do we, as much as we want to make sure that people are careful and they deal with legitimate companies, how do we at the same time, under the same token, also allow new businesses that are needed to also regulate, so to speak, regulate and, and uh, not allow the, 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 the conglomerates to collude in, in terms of the services that is offered? How, how do we balance the act, in other words, in your view? I just am interested in, in hearing what, what Brian, how would the advice from Brian would be. All right, KGM, thanks for that question. Brian? Maybe I should. Maybe I was a little bit flippant, and maybe his question is very well, very well served. I, I'm talking to the many, many people in South Africa who are very unsophisticated, who are not, who are retiring. But yes, there are some. There are some. I mean, the little companies, the big companies today were little companies. Who would have invested in some of these companies 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago? I think when I first started, uh, there was a company investing with a, with, a, with a nothing. And people would have asked me, you know, it sounds too good to be true. I think the point I'm making is if you're going to make an investment, don't be guided by what someone else is telling you how great the return is. Evaluate the opportunity because there are a lot of opportunities out there, as was made there, the funeral schemes going into burials and that type of thing. So there are opportunities. But the warning I'm saying, don't just make an investment because it sounds so good. Evaluate it. Understand the risks associated. There's always risk. If you, if you don't put your money in absolutely in a bank, in a money market, and you go into any other funds, if you go into flexible funds, there's always a little bit of risk. But you're taking on risk to give you return. And, and, and that's the important thing because of inflation. You have to beat inflation. So I, I'd like to apologize if I've made, you know, if I've upset anyone by saying that there's no, that there, it's always too good to be true. There are some great investments. I'm just making the point. Don't rush into something sure. only because of the research. Evaluate what you're doing. Understand how it affects your portfolio. Mm. If you don't if you don't understand it, don't do it. And, Make and sure that if you understand it, you go. And it's an important point to make, Brian, because so many people get swindled out of their money. It's ten thirty. I'm going to go to Nomsam Lulu with your latest news headlines. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Okay, so we're wrapping up our conversation with Brian Hirsch. Uh, Brian, maybe just uh, quick details for our listeners who would like to get a hold of you. Yes, 011-880-4888. And, and your news had some good news in it. The RAND is strengthened a bit further. All good news makes our imports a little bit cheaper and hopefully will give us a petrol, petrol price reduction, which will help for the December period. All right, Brian. Thank you, as always, for coming onto the show. Have a lovely week further until we meet again and next week, Tuesday. Bye. All right, Bye. Brian. Brian Hirsch there. Okay, we're going to be look. I need to stop saying okay. It's my new crutch word, so... I'm tempted to say you guys must send me a WhatsApp every time I say okay, but then it's going to be problematic. So please don't send me <laughs> a WhatsApp. I, I just need to be aware of the fact that for whatever reason, uh, I'm using that word a lot more than I, I would have.